Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to Not Real Art, series favorite art and culture podcast with your boy Man One. Right here with Sourdough. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what do we do today? How are you, Man One? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a minute. Right? Like literally one minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> right. Oh man. And yet so much. And so much in that minute. Happened. Jam-packed minute. Yeah, a lot of shit happens every day, every week. You've been busy. You've had some yeah. several gigs lately. Yeah, it's it's been busy. I guess it's always busy. Yeah, it's just better when it's busy and you're getting paid. Yep, that it's a one plus one equals three. Yeah, but you know it's interesting. Wait a minute, wait a yeah. minute. Artists, artists <laughs> don't get paid. You seem to be implying, yeah, that artists don't get paid. You know it's relative because as I speak to other artists. I find out like what they think is a lot of money mm-hmm. or what they think is getting paid or what they think you shouldn't get paid. <laughs> it's like sometimes they, right. it's just weird. Like I was doing this event the other day and I asked the guy to help us on this part of, of a tour I was doing and I wanted to pay him to help him, for helping us and he wouldn't take the money. Like he was a, an artist. Like he's an artist. Okay. He's like, I'd rather you buy you guys buy something from the shop. I said, okay, cool. So what's the link? No, 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 the physical shop when you have to come in here and buy something. So I'm like, yeah, but let's just, you know, why don't I just send you some money? <laughs> you send me some shit, you know? Right. No, I just, you know, ethically, I don't want to do it that way. So at the end of the day. Wait, he um, said ethically. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like. Uh, not sure that's a matter of We didn't have time but... to go into his shop and buy stuff. Right. So it's like, I feel bad because like. He got nothing out of it. I mean, I'm still going to go get some stuff myself and support and all that. And he's a good guy. But it's weird how some artists, to me, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe to them it's not. But to me, it's weird how like you just can't take money from people or you have some issue with taking money from people. I don't know what that's about, but a lot of artists have that hang up. I don't have that hang up. (laughs) So an artist like that, I mean, what does an artist like that think when they see for example, other artists like your boy Retina, for example, right? Pulls up <laughs> in his <laughs> pull, pulls up pulls up uh, in his Bentley. Yeah, you know what's the perception <laughs> of that? What what do people think when an artist, whether it's you know Cause or yeah. Retina or somebody who's doing very well, right, pulls up in a gold plated sailboat? I, I don't know. People feel all kinds of ways. I've seen people react like you know, oh that guy's sellout or that guy's whack or he's this or that and then i've also heard 
you know, the guy's doing great and I hope to be that successful one day. I, I don't know. It's all over the place, you know, and then also a lot of hate. <laughs> you always get the haters, you know. Sort of the basic human yeah. why, uh, condition why, of, of envy he, and jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he getting paid, not me? You know, why is he, you know, right. so... I don't know. It's 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 a mixed bag with artists, but it still trips me out that that artists have this issue with getting paid. Like I I don't know what the issue is. I mean, you have to live. You know, you go to the store, you have to buy the food. No one gives it to you. Right. So, if your talents could give you money to go buy food at the store, what the hell is wrong with that? Okay, so but let's okay, so let's break it down a little bit because, you know, this is an artist. You were trying to pay an artist for helping you. Okay. So this is right. This is an artist trying to help another artist or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so an artist trying to pay another artist. Do you think it boiled down to the fact that you were it was like what they call professional courtesy? Right. So like in, you know, that phrase in other industries, they'll say, Well, out of professional courtesy, we're gonna yeah. You know, you're you're a restaurateur. I'm a restaurateur. You're having dinner in my restaurant. I'm not charging you for this meal. Yeah. You know, flip side being up someday, I'm going to come to your restaurant. You're not going to charge me for for that meal. Was this an element of professional courtesy, artist to artist, or was is this? Do you think this guy would have behaved the same way if you were a, a client who had commissioned him? I think he truly, this particular artist, truly, you know, has some ethical you know, standards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in how he works or the kind of projects he's involved in. Right. You know, I think he wants, I, I think he was in the right spirit. Yeah. Of it, oh, you know? sure. I mean, you being, know? He was being true to himself. Yeah. And that's, I respect that. Right. But the thing was that I was asking him to help me on something where I was getting paid by another entity. Right. So, you know, I don't want to get paid by somebody and then ask someone to do something for free. Absolutely not. So yeah. for me, it was out of courtesy. Yep. You know what? Like I'm getting paid. You should get, you should make a couple bucks too. Yep. And that didn't seem to matter to him. Like it didn't matter if I was getting paid or not getting paid. This is just the way he does things or the way he conducts his business or whatever. And I respect that. That's fine. I don't have no problem with, with him, you know, being like that and saying those things and, and having that kind of standard. But it makes it difficult, you know, maybe he doesn't need the money. I don't know. I don't know his situation. Maybe that's another part of it. Maybe mm -hmm. he doesn't need to make money as an artist like that. But the thing is that I just find this thing very difficult, very, I don't know how do I say it. It's just at odds with where we are in, as Americans, as people of this world, in this time, in the 21st century, that you can't just simply not just just get, get a, paid just, just get paid i mean i don't understand it's, it's not it's not the middle ages it's right. not you know it's like it's like we live in a world where people get paid for things mm. you know quid pro quo and it's like I, why do you make it that more difficult for yourself right. to get paid right. and I, i'm just using this guy as an example but i see it all over the place yeah you know i wanted to pay a guy the other day and the guy's like i don't have a bank account <laughs> and Does i have said a bank account no bank account and i said okay so how do I pay you? He's like, well, just give me a check and I'll go cash it somewhere. Right? I said, well, aren't they going to take some fees and stuff? And he's like, yeah, but I, I, don't want a, I don't want a bank account. I was like, okay. So then I said, well, and I don't want to give you cash because at the end of the year, I have to, yeah, you know, yeah, do, do my taxes show an and accounting. stuff. And, yeah. and so it's like, I'm like, I can't pay you cash, but I'll give you a check, but you're going to get 
pay, you're going to get charged. Okay. I go, what about if I pay you PayPal or yeah. some other form like that? And he's like, okay, I'll take Venmo. And I'm like, but you just say you don't have a bank account. He goes, no, no, then I'll send it to my girl. And then my girl will give me them. I'm like, well, this is complicated. I think banking where we like in, in the state of affairs we live at right now, banking has been made so that any freaking person that's over 18 years old can have a system, whether it's digital, you know, whether it's right. freaking walk up to a bank, they, whether it's, they want you in the matrix as soon as possible. They've made it as easy as possible for you to participate in the system yeah. of banking. Yeah. And there's people who are resisting that for no other good reason. I don't, I don't right. know what the reason is. So let me ask you a question. So yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, sort of, you hear it sometimes, it's sort of in the context of you know, people talking about other people and say, well, you know, he's, he's unemployable. Right. She's unemployable. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know how good this artist is and I don't, you know, obviously there's a lot of amazing artists out there who are bad at business, but there are a lot of bad artists out there that are probably also bad at business. Yeah. You know, but I'm listening to this and I'm just wondering like, what percentage of artists are artists because they're unemployable otherwise? Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? No common sense. And, you know, nobody in their right mind would hire them. So they have to do something so they become an artist. Yeah, 100%. I mean, some of these guys become unemployable. <laughs> you know, I had an artist the other day I met. Those were her exact words. She told me, I am unemployable. Jeez. But she teaches, I guess, art classes and stuff like that. And she's a painter, whatever. Yeah. And I also think that she probably has a lot of white privilege and mm. doesn't need to to be employed. Sure. Sounds sure. like she's doing fine without that. Yeah. But that was actually her word. She was like, I'm 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 unemployable. And and what she meant by that was she doesn't like to work for other people. Right. She doesn't like to be at certain places at certain times when they tell her to be. She's unmanageable. Yeah. She's wild. Wild. Yes. <laughs> she's untamable. So I think a lot of artists have that too, but I don't know. It just, it kind of gets old, you know? And that's, that was one of the things when I ran the gallery that kind of got just, just too much is that every artist had like different needs just on how to get paid, you know, just on how to get paid. Like, here's a check. Right. Come pick it up. Right. And that became, you know, some difficult task. I was just having a conversation yesterday with some guy who hired me on a gig and he told me that when he's worked with other artists, he just said, he just tells them, just invoice me, like, you know, and, and I'll pay you. Mm -hmm. And they don't invoice him. Right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to chase you. Right. If you don't want to get paid, that's all good. By like, the way, he would be, you know, yeah. <laughs> smart business people hold on to their money as long as they can. Yeah, exactly. You know? You know, Why, and and you he know. Was, he's, he's like, you know, guess what? He paid me on the spot. Right. Because I showed up with my invoice. And did the gig and, and he was happy to pay me. Right. But it's like, he told me I hire other artists and like three months later, I get this invoice. I'm like, what the fuck is this for? <laughs> I, I, I have thought long and hard, right, about, and you and I have talked about this so many times, but I've thought long and hard about how we might design a system, you know, some sort of web-based digital system that streamlines this process, right, for artists. <laughs> But here's the rub, like no matter how you slice it, yeah. it always bumps into the basic fact that no matter what you do, it's still going to require the artist to input the yeah. information. Right. 
into the system. Right. Exactly. And push, you know, spend some time, enter it accurately, details, 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 press (laughs) send. Right. And that's really the crux of the issue. Like no matter how sexy or streamlined or automated that technology might be. Right. It's always about the weakest link. And the weakest link is the the human factor. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know what the system should be? The system should be, instead of this whole high tech kind of attitude towards it. Right. Flip it and do it low tech. So the system is you go to an artist's house with a shoebox and you tell them to put the money in the shoebox <laughs> and then you leave and then you you deposit, you do all that stuff for them. You know, you just show up with a shoebox. I love it. And they just put it in there. But yeah. you know what? You know what's going to be the problem? What? Then they're going to say you're trying to steal their money. And then, then they're going to come up with some other bullshit about, right. you know, you're trying to fuck them over somehow with the shoebox. And, you know, <laughs> so, and, and at the end yeah, of the by day, by the way, where are the shoes? <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, they still have to put the money in the shoebox. <laughs> right, 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 so, right. Which, which implies they actually have the money to begin with. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's no way. I think it's just like, whatever. It just boggles my mind when I talk. And it's not that I, you know, that I hear a story here and there. It's I hear it all the time. Yeah. Like 70% of the artists I know have issues with money. Right. Like it's crazy. It's okay. So, but the flip side is also true, right? I feel like, you know, there are, you know, our culture loves to celebrate these self-made billionaires, you know, the Jeff Bezos of the world or what have you, right? The Elon Musk's of the world, you know, and clearly these guys are doing really interesting things. They're clearly very intelligent people, so on and so forth. And they might be excellent at making money. Mm -hmm. But I think more times than not, their personal lives are like shit. Yeah. You know, they're divorced, their kids hate them, or maybe they're not married or they don't have kids. They are one dimensional human being in that they are just, you know, focused Focused on on, on that one thing. Yeah. And and it's been proven and been talked about. A lot of times these guys are, they have Asperger's or they are autistic on some level or Mm -hmm. what have you, because they have, you know, just this really, uh, this incredible ability just to be, you know, focused to the point of shutting everything else out, you know? So, you know, artists who, you know, some would argue artists are also antisocial, yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. but, but artists are creating and they, you know, they have their issues and then you have, I, I guess kind of what, it, I guess what it gets down to, like does genius, if you have a, if, a real genius, yeah. you know, whether it's for making art or making money, is it possible to have a well-balanced life? Can a well-adjusted or the flip side, can a well-adjusted person achieve great heights in a field right and still remain balanced and well-adjusted and and not sacrifice their relationships or or what have you i don't know have you seen the documentary on netflix about quincy jones no i haven't okay when you get a chance watch it okay okay it's about two hours long okay i mean you'll love it you just you'll love it and what you'll you'll appreciate about so much but like the one thing that at the and I'm not giving anything away, but like <laughs> at the end of the movie, they say, "Is there anything you can't do, mm-hmm. Quincy Jones? Is there anything you can't be successful at?" Right. And he sort of ponders for a second and looks at the camera. He goes, "Marriage." <laughs> and he laughs. And he's, and he's fully, you know, yeah, he's yeah. fully aware that right. he's like, right. you know, I think he's married three and divorced three times. Right. You know, he's got an amazing, you know, group of kids and, you know, and he 
clearly loves his kids and lo- you know. Yeah. But when you look at that guy's body of work, sure. Something has to give. You, yeah, can't you can't be on like that all the time. So anyway, I just, you know, artists have their things with money. I think, you know, right. any person of genius dedicated to their work in a in a single-minded way. But that's not what you're talking about. I don't I mean, I I think sometimes yeah. what you're talking about vis-a-vis artists and money is just that they're very uncomfortable and with this particular subject matter yeah for some reason and they just want to avoid it and i'm talking about at the basic level you know i'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, not talking like having a checking account like having a checking account <laughs> like like making it simple so you could pay them having a price for a painting when you ask you know simple basic shit i'm not talking about running a million dollar business i'm not talking about showing all over the world in multiple galleries i'm not talking about any of that I'm talking about simple, simple stuff, you know? When you meet an artist and you say, oh, that's a cool painting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's for sale. And then you say, oh, cool, how much is it? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, then how, how is it for sale if you don't know, you know? <laughs> or just make it up. Just fucking make it up. But don't, you know, there's just, just so many layers. It completely boggles my mind. I, I, you know, so like I said, having run the gallery for 10 years, I learned like so much about this yeah. topic and you know, there was times where I just, I mean, there's, there's people that I don't do business with anymore because right. I discovered how inept they are at business. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I, I can't be banging my head against right. the wall right. just to make you money. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a love hate relationship, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's so funny, right? Because you know, we, we work in the arts and yet so many of our fellow brethren that we love and, and respect on a human level, yeah. you know, we do not want to work with. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing, like, I'm not good at money either. Like, I'm not, I'm not I got a hole in my pocket. I can't, I, I, I can't seem to keep a dollar. You know, I'm not, I'm not good at money. I don't know how to freaking balance my account, you know, whatever. So I'm not saying it like that. I'm just, but it's, you know, there's certain things that I can do. Well, as artists, as artists go, you, yeah. I will just say, and I've known you a long time now, your business acumen is is g- good, if not great, for most people, let alone most artists. Yeah. Um, so you're 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 not giving yourself the credit that you deserve. But <laughs> but you know, look, managing money. Yeah. Okay, let's just take it at a high level, right? right? I don't think most Americans, right understand about money and how it works and how to manage it. I know I'm still learning. I know I feel like I can't sew the hole in my pocket. You know, yeah, money talks. Mine always says goodbye. The point is, is that it's not always our fault either, right? Because we live in a culture, capitalistic society that is always about keeping you unhappy with what you have. Yeah, you, you want more. You want more. Spend, 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 borrow, 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 put it on the charge card, mm-hmm. priceless. That's might be a thousand dollars, but owning it is priceless. So we are, you know, we're being brainwashed. We're being controlled and programmed by, yeah. you know, our culture. No, that's, that's completely true. But so how do you, so this is one thing I'm struggling with right now. How do you teach your kids to balance their checkbook when people don't have checkbooks anymore? <laughs> Everything's digital. And you're using Venmo and PayPal right. and, and your bank account and there's money everywhere. You don't see it. You don't right? see it. Right. You don't see it. You, don't, you really don't even know what you have. Right. You know, you know when you don't have it, but you don't really know what, what you... And then there's like, you know, digital subscriptions to everything. You know, the bank, and, my bank only calls me 
when there's a problem. Right. Right. They never call yeah. me to say, hey, congratulations. I see that you have more money in your bank account this month <laughs> than last month. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. No, they don't call for me for that. They call and say, you're overdrawing your bank account again. Yeah. So I had, okay, this is good. So I had, um, I used B of A for many, many, many years, like, like way more years than I should have because I fucking hated Bank of America. They suck. All the banks suck. All the I banks fucking suck. hate them all. I they, hate they, them all. They, they, they Are there suck. any bankers listening right, th- right yeah. now? Fuck you. Yeah. So I, I, I only do credit unions now. Yeah. I don't even, like, I'm tired Lesser of- Lesser of the evils. Lesser of the evils. But I remember I had Bank of America for, I'm not, like, like 15 years, mm. you know? And I had two businesses on there, savings account, personal account, mm. right? So I had, like, four or five accounts for, like, 15 years. And they would not give me a loan. They said I didn't qualify. Right. They said, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I remember every time I'd go in there and they'd give me this freaking thing about like, um, like sometimes I, I'd be overdrawn hmm. and they'd say, oh yeah, you know, you're getting these fees because you're overdrawn. But if you had a credit line, you wouldn't be overdrawn. I said, then give me a fucking credit line. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Oh yeah, you don't qualify for a credit line. Why? Because you're self-employed? Yeah, because I'm self-employed. Right. Right. <laughs> And then they'd and then and then like two weeks later I'd come back and then they'd say some other shit like oh would you like to apply for a credit line or would you like to apply for you know a loan or this? and I'm like I'm not even gonna try because you're not you're not gonna qualify oh no no we could qualify you I'm looking at your account and you're bringing in a lot of money and I'm like yeah that's why you should fucking give me money because I'm bringing in a lot of money no and then they then they'd be like oh but it's kind of weird how oh wow like yeah we no you don't qualify. <laughs> so yeah. it's like this fucking circle totally and it's all bullshit yeah like one year i added up all the fees they charged me in one year is ridiculous mm. you know and i was like okay i can't do this anymore so i finally just closed all my accounts but that but that's the system that it's set up and you're just supposed to go along with it yeah totally you know? i mean this bullshit about oh well we have to hold the check oh yeah oh yeah for yeah. 48 hours or a week or whatever it is right, right. You know, what's that about, right? right? Well, of course we know what that's about. That's about that they're 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 banking on it, collecting interest, yeah. doing whatever it is they're doing with it. Meanwhile, I'm sweating, you yeah. know. You're telling me that with <laughs> you're so what you're saying, Mr. Yeah. Banker, yeah, is that the technology doesn't exist yeah. to validate this check yeah. in real time. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I might look stupid, but you know what? I'm not. And that is absolutely insulting to think that. But of course, it's, you know, as you said, you know, it's all bullshit. Yeah. it's uh, And yeah, consumers don't like what leverage do you have? Like, right. you yeah. know, at one point in this country, we were supposed to be anti-monopoly. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now we are all about monopolies and consolidation and mergers and acquisitions and consolidation, consolidation, consolidation. Right. And so... Where do you go when you have a complaint or when you have, you know, some, when you, when you have a legitimate concern? I know there's a lot of assholes out there that just want to bitch and moan, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, there are some legitimate issues, but yeah. what can I do? In fact, I actually got inspired the other day about starting another podcast mm-hmm. where it's just about people calling in or talking about their fucking horror stories. Yeah. So it's like the complaint department as a po- as a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because here's the thing: like until you start getting social, I mean, because that's the only thing that we have right now is like yeah. to get some so exposure on social about these brands and like how they treat you and what you know because they don't want that. They don't want the negative, you know, thing. Yeah. And 
So anyway, whatever. Because you feel helpless. You feel hopeless. Yeah. Like, what do you? What can you do? Right. Back in the day, we used to call David Horowitz. You remember David Horowitz? I, they, I do know that name. Why? He was the... But maybe, maybe you don't, because that was a California thing. I think he was a guy on Channel 4. I oh, Chicago. I think uh, Chicago had somebody like that. Somebody he goes like that. and he does an expose yeah. or like an investigative. Yeah. So, yeah. so you'd call him and, yeah. then he, and then he'd go to the mechanic right. and be like, hey, why don't right. you charge this lady right. uh, $500 right. more than right. you needed to? Right. You know? Well, but, I, but, they, but I'm also, because I'm a stickler for customer service. I am. Yeah. And because it is, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice and to be, use common sense. Yeah. You know, I, you know, that good favor, that goodwill goes a long way. Right. By the way, what are we? Are we Gen Y or Gen X? What the hell we're, are we? We're Gen X. We're Gen X. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because what you're saying right now. Right. My son. Right. Says Gen Xers are the worst at customer service. At the, what do you mean? At, what does he mean at the worst at customer service? At, at, at providing customer service. That Gen Xers are the worst at providing yes. customer service. He says if there's a Gen Xer waiter, he's horrible. If there's a Gen Xer behind the counter, he's horrible. If there's a Gen Xer on the phone, it's horrible. I think he's talking about millennials. No, he doesn't realize he's talking it. about Gen Xers. Yeah, well, I, do, I don't know if I agree with that. I, you know, I know for myself. He always says it. He always says it because like, so him and his friends must talk about it. Okay, well, so <laughs> there yeah, you go. <laughs> you know, I think they're. I think he's just talking shit about old people. But yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. You know, but I, I can be a stickler f for customer service because, yeah. you know, uh, as a guy that's worked, you know, in marketing and advertising over the years, uh, helping brands think about what they could do to build loyalty and build, you know, trust. And I've always said, great customer service. It's the easiest thing to do. You know, like it doesn't, you don't have to spend millions and millions of dollars on an ad campaign. Yeah. Good personal one-on-one -on -one interactions it's that makes sense, you know. And and there, through in my life, there have been these moments where, because I will reward custom, good customer service with a good tip mm -hmm. or what have you. Uh, I am some sometimes I will go online and fill yeah. out that thing and say great job. If it's really bad, I will definitely do that as well. But one day, so but it's funny what catches my attention. So years ago, right? So I mm -hmm. moved to LA in one. Okay, and I lived in Santa Monica. I was at 18th in Montana, and I guess it was like O two or something. A company called Jawbone came out with the first like Bluetooth earpiece okay. for your phone. Yeah. Okay. And I saw I'd seen it online somewhere and I was intrigued about it. Right. I wanted to go check it out. Yeah. So the only place that carried it that I could find on the west side was a Verizon store at the corner of I want to say it was twenty sixth in Wilshire. I think it was twenty sixth in Wilshire, something like that. Yeah. And it was one of those classic LA kind of corner malls, you know, with a right. bunch of stores. They, you know, Verizon had the corner re retail, the biggest, you know, space in sure. that building, but then there were others. So I pull in to park and there's a, you know, there's a guy managing the parking and I get out and he gives me a ticket and I said, and he goes, oh, by the way, Verizon doesn't validate. And I said, Really? He goes, yeah, they're the only company in this building that doesn't validate. Right. Well, that was all it took. That's all it took, <laughs> That's all it took for me to just be like, fuck these guys, you know? But I'm here, yeah. right? So I'm going to get the information I want. And I came seeking. Yeah. So I go in there and of course, Verizon is bustling, right? There's, a, there's like a customer service thing. There's a line of people yeah. waiting to be served. I go to like the retail thing where they've got the phones and the things. And so the manager comes up, he's kind of helps. He says, yeah, I'm here to look at the Jawbone Bluetooth thing. He's like, oh, it brings it out. 
So I check it out. I ask questions, you know, get all the information I want. And I say to him, I say, well, this is great. This is exactly what I was hoping for. This is exactly what I want, exactly what I need. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's fantastic. Should I ring you up then? I said, no, absolutely not. You should not ring me up. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I said, no, I'm not going to buy this here. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to go to another store and I'm going to buy it at another store. And he looked at me like with the sleeve, excuse me, sir? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm, I refuse to give you my money. You want to know why? And he said, uh, yeah. Well, was there something I said, something I did? I said, well, a- actually, yeah, because you guys are the only store in this facility that does not validate parking. You are the biggest, you are the richest and the publicly traded organization and you don't validate parking. <laughs> I'm not giving you my money. Yeah. And I just, I said, but thank you for your time. And I turned yeah. around and the look on his face. And I mean, you know, to me, that was like nothing. And I'm sure, it made me, you know, I'm sure he never forgot it. And he probably talked <laughs> shit about that, you know, for a while. But like, that's the kind of thing, you know, at least for me, got me, gave me a little bit of satisfaction of like, yeah. okay, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm going to let it be, be known and be heard. But I'll tell you why they weren't validating. Because when I went in there, yeah. the fucking line for their customer service was out the fucking door. Yeah, they you know, don't care. so so well, the thing about it is they they don't want to validate those the parking tickets for those people cuz it's taken forever. It's like their customer service sucks, period. Yeah. You know, anyway, it's you know, on and on and on. You know, there's a fa- there's a classic story, Nordstrom's, right? The retailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They built their business from day one on excellent customer service. Their employee handbook was sort of famous. I don't know if it's changed in recent years, but historically the story was that, you know, the handbook had two rules. Number one, use your best judgment in all situations. Uh, And number two, there will be no other rules. That was the employee handbook, those two things, right? And there was this classic story about one of the, this young sales clerk had a customer come in and the customer needed a tux last minute for something mm-hmm. and whatever. And so the young salesman, they didn't have the guy's size. They didn't have what he was looking for in that store. But the young sales clerk got online, got on the computer and found that they had exactly what he wanted and needed at this other store. Yeah. And so the kid called the other store, had them put it aside the guy was so grateful and said, thank you. I'm going to go get that right now. And so it was over. So the young sales clerk went to his boss and was very proud of what he had done and said, yeah, customer, satisfied customer. This is what happened. So on and so forth. And his boss said, not good enough. And, uh, the young clerks would, would, I don't understand what are you talking about? The customer is very happy. Yeah. And his boss says, you should have had the suit delivered to his house. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it was just an example of like how you, you know, like you and then can, Amazon became. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, is that, you know, clearly customer service sucks anymore. Yeah. I don't even know what to do about that or say about that. You know? Well, yesterday, I'll give you another example. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, my sliding glass door wouldn't shut. Yeah. Okay. Like five inches from, you know, like shutting, you know, shutting. And. I don't know about you, but like, I'm, you know, I'm okay with a screwdriver. I'm okay with a hammer. I'm okay with a saw. I tried everything. I couldn't get it, yeah. you know, to shut. I couldn't figure it out. Sure. Call my contractor, can't get a hold of him. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to call the manufacturer, you know, and uh, call the manufacturer. They're like, oh yeah, we have a technician um, that could come out and look at it, but he can't come until Monday. 
Right. You know? Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, so my door will be open yeah, all week. I'm like, uh, sorry, yeah. you know, it doesn't work. You right. know, long story short, we figured it out. But it's like, how is that even a conversation? You know, <laughs> right. yeah. how is it? How do they not have a system in place? It's like, yeah, no, we make a product yeah. that if it doesn't work, people's homes are put in jeopardy. <laughs> right. The safety of their children are put in jeopardy. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have, I'm sure it's not a chronic issue. So it's not, you know, it's not like they need to have 24 seven service 365 days a year. Right. It's just like, no, you just need to have a mechanism that if somebody has an emergency, you yeah. can send somebody out within, you know, eight hours, get it handled. You know, the yeah. problem is you didn't call the right guy. Oh yeah. You, you don't know who you're supposed to call in a situation like that. Ghostbusters. You're in LA. Who do I call? You call a Mexican. <laughs> I'm like I'm not saying it's gonna get done right, <laughs> and I'm not saying it's gonna be perfect, but that fucking door will be closed. Oh my god, I love it. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's you're. By the way, you're you are 100 percent correct. I know. A, there are so many Mexicans to call in L.A. That's so right. like, a, you know, you're gonna get somebody. You're gonna get someone to come over. And B, pretty much every Mexican I've ever met. Oh yeah, knows how to build a house or do something like phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Not saying it's going to pass code right. to your point. Right. But it will. You could live in it. You could sleep in it. You can use it. I bet you the original MacGyver was Mexican. Dude. OK. I bet you. So and I say this with nothing but <laughs> absolute love, admiration <laughs> and awe and respect. Yeah. OK. Nobody works harder than a hardworking Mexican. Uh, that, no one. hundred percent. No one. hundred percent. No one. I have marveled and been in awe. Yeah. Of what I have seen, the level of hard work, smart work, right. creative work uh, out of Mexican-Americans. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or Mexicans, period. My dad has, has a saying, you know, when, we, when we're fixing something and we don't know what the hell we're doing, mm. but we fix it anyways. Mm. My dad's like, that's Mexican style. <laughs> Mexican style. Yeah, I did it Mexican style. Okay. So break that down for me. What two things. One is yeah. break that down for me. Right. What is Mexican style? Okay. Cause <laughs> right. I, I don't want to leave this to the imagination. Okay. But then the other thing is like, what is it about Mexican culture that makes this so true? You know, cause right. it's a stereotype. I know we're yeah. you know, being stereotypes, you know, we're yeah. playing, it's dangerous to play stereotype, but stereotypes are based in truth. So right. how did that develop? So school me. Well, I, I mean, just growing up in a Mexican household and knowing my family and traditions and all that, I mean, I think it comes from a, a number of things. Number one, you know, when you're when you live in Mexico, the man is the man of the house. I mean, the whole machi. It's a, it's, mach well, it's a patriarchal kind yeah, of culture. Yeah, it's a patriarchal right? culture. Yeah, and the man is always right. Yep. And the man's job is to provide. Yep. And the man's job is to fix shit. Yep. And the man's job is to fucking be a man. Right. And there's no other way around it. Right. You know? Right. So you're not going to be a man and you're, you're not going to be a man of the house if you got to call someone to come fix something that's <laughs> fucked up, you know? So, you know, my dad is not going to call fucking. La Cantina doors. He's yeah, going to no, fix no, that no, shit. No, no, right, He's right. going to be like, no, right. he's going to fix it. Right. And then next time he sees them, he's going to tell them, hey, you guys fucked up. You guys don't know how to fix the door. Yeah. But he's not going to call them. Right. You know? Right. You don't call, you know, charter to come fix your Sat, you know, satellite or your cable <laughs> right, or your right. wiring or whatever. You right. just fucking do it, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So number one, it just comes from a, you know, just from pride. Yes. So Mexicans are very proud in that, and Mexican men, because it shows that they're more manly than right anything else. Right. Number one. Number two, in Mexico, 
customer service are you fucking kidding me right <laughs> right no right customer service in mexico yeah when you, you know most places in mexico are still you know it's not the united states you know right. it's like uh if you can get something for half the price you know by selling it you know down the street at this other spot they'll do that you know if you can create a knockoff that's just as good they'll do that if you work at a certain company but you can make a little bit of cash on the side by you know then you'll do that too so in mexico there's just it's just different you know people aren't you know they have to fend for themselves most of the time you know right right and and you know there's still a lot of very rural places in mexico yes i went to mexico city one time mm -hmm. and with, with these graffiti artists dude they had a four-story building four-story building all to themselves okay <laughs> did they pay rent not really they were basically i mean how many of them were there was well the weekend i was there they had they were hosting like 100 graffiti artists from different city yeah and they were all there just just you know sleeping and whatever camping out camping out you know so apparently they have been squatting for like six or seven years. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like a four-story building all to themselves. Right. And they were like, well, we just got to squat for like three more years because once you get to 10 years, it becomes your building. Nice. Like by law. Nice. <laughs> right? So they had like no running water. Right. Well, officially they had no running water, no electricity. Right. Right? But the guys that I was staying with were on the penthouse. Right? <laughs> Dude, they had fucking lights. They had fucking internet. They had faster internet than I have here, you know? <laughs> These dudes were on it, you know? And so that's kind of like the Mexican style, you know? It's just like, hey, they we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. So, you know, I think, I think that's where it comes from. And also there's a lot of Mexicans just take pride in their work. If it's labor intensive, you know, you don't bitch out. You just do it and you do it well. Yep. And you do it every day. Yep. Brings honor to your family yep. because you're a hard worker. There's nothing worse than a lazy Mexican, right? You know, right? Like that's just, and that's the stereotype, yeah. That Mexican people hate because the lazy, the, the lazy, the Mexican, lazy Mexican, right? Because Mexicans, it's so not it's fucking so, true. It, it's so not true. So yeah, so it's one of those things where yeah, I just I just came from a family where you know my dad's always been a hard worker. I mean, you know my dad, yeah. And um, I would want to keep up with him. No, try to and keep up with people him. People hate. He worked in the movie studios, right. and people hated him. <laughs> Because <laughs> he, because he was a, he was a hard worker. They didn't want to work so hard. Dude, you, they would tell him, "You're in the union, right? You, no one's gonna fire you, right? Like, you kick back, yeah, relax, yeah, yeah. chill out." Yeah. He's like, "No, fuck you. I'm gonna work." Yeah. No, no, no. You just take, like, you know, take an extra half hour. You're making us look bad. You're making us look bad. Right. You know. And my dad was like, "Fuck you. Oh. You're making me look bad. Yeah, you're, you're making yourself look yeah. bad." So my yeah. dad always had work. Right. Right. But also, one time I remember he told me he got hired. And they paid him like double mm -hmm. of what he usually got paid, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's really good anyways. Right. Because okay. You, you know, you're, you're a painter in Hollywood? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So he's making good money. Right. And then this guy hires him like at double, right. like whatever it is, like gang boss rate yeah, or whatever right, the hell right, that, right, that, right. that term is. Yeah. And so my dad's making, you know, way more money and he, they gave him two, two sets to take care of. Right? right. Usually he's, he was in charge of one set. They gave him two sets and they hired like one other guy to help him. You know, they did the whole show, like, you know, four or five months later, they're wrapping up the show and the guy comes up to him, like his boss and is like, you know, like the, the, the production uh, coordinator is like, yeah, you know, I, that, that's why I love working for you. I mean, that's why I love you working for me on these big gigs. He's like, because you saved me so much money. 
And my dad was like, what do you mean? You, <laughs> you do the work of five men. Yeah. He told my dad, I just have to fi- hire four fucking guys. Jeez. And I just have to hire you. Wow. Wow. How that's deep, dude. So my dad that is deep. My dad got his fucking towel, threw it at him and said, fuck you. <laughs> And don't ever call me to work for you ever again. And he fucking left. <laughs> well, good for him. Because you know? that's some deep, deep shit right yeah. there. Yeah. So, you know, my and this whole time, my dad's thinking, well, I'm making twice what I usually make. Right. And this guy's thinking, well, I'm paying half yeah. of what I yeah. usually pay. Right. Right. You know? Right. So that's that's so some of the pay shit. Pay me five times and maybe I'll come back. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a fucking crazy thing because, you know, Mexicans, like I said, like they, you know pride themselves in and mm-hmm. in, in working hard but then there's people who take advantage of that well you you know you hit on several things which i think are like it's so important to keep in mind right because you and you and i've talked about this so many different levels over the years but it's like culture is so powerful right yeah. and culture is is driven by your environment you know in many ways and you touched on like the rural some of the rural aspects of mexico for example yeah. right like yeah when you're in a rural setting well, I don't care what country you're yeah, in. Right. You know, if you're in a rural setting, you're working. Yeah. You know, and you're working probably with without, you know, air conditioning or anything sure. like that. Who knows what the weather is? And that's the other thing, weather. Yeah. You know, Mexico's hot. Most of yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean a lot a lot of it, you know, but I guess depending on the altitude or whatever, right? But so, you know, arguably you're working in in extreme conditions weather wise or whatever. Right. And then depending on how, from a socioeconomic perspective, depending on, you know, where you're at financially, right. you may work more or less, you know, some countries can't afford the technologies that automate. Therefore, the people have to do the work in yep. this country. I'm very troubled by the automation that is making human beings redundant. Yeah. You know, why are Americans fat and stupid? Because they're not, because they can be. Right. Is really it. Right. Because they can be. And, you know, human beings, I think, you know, are evolutionary biology, you know, like, like you, you were, our bodies are made to move. Our bodies are made to do stuff. Our brains are made to do stuff. Yeah. And suddenly when you don't have to do things anymore, you atrophy. Yeah. I was at, uh, uh, I walked into a Walmart the other day and there was two women tellers. Yeah. Or cashiers, two women cashiers. Right. And there was like. 15 automated cashiers. One of these women oversaw like five of the cashiers, you know, so you go in there and you, 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 you scan your own shit. Yeah. And then they're just there like in case you need help. Right. Right. And the other woman was actually taking your stuff and scanning them. Right. And so uh, I told the woman, I said, you know, I bought some stuff, whatever. And then I told the woman, you know, because then I had to bring my own bags, you know, to put the stuff in sure. yeah. or I have to pay for the bags. And then I have to bag my own shit, you know? Yeah. And so I, I told this woman, I go, you know, pretty soon we don't even need you. I'm, I'm already bagging my own shit. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm already scanning my own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're just kind of there watching me. I mm-hmm. go, pretty soon they're not going to need you. And she said, well, to be honest, they're already talking about that. Yeah. Like they want to get to 100% automated, automated. Yeah. You know? And uh, I just thought about that. And it's like, and these people don't get paid that well anyways. Right. But even that, like, it's just crazy. Like you want to get to hundred percent automation. Well, a- Amazon already yeah. has these stores. Yeah, maybe you've heard about them, but they w- they've been sort of prototyping them in Seattle. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Pi- right. Piloting them, right? And essentially, the store. You no, know, you sign up on your phone. You have yeah. an app. 
Yeah. Store knows when you're there because you have your phone. Yeah. And you just grab the you shit you want and, and you walk, walk out. out. Yeah. And it charges your account. <laughs> right. See, look, Jesus. I don't be, I'm not a Luddite and I don't, you know, and I love technology and I love, but I, but I'm only an advocate and a, in a cheerleader and a supporter of automation and technology. If it serves to make human beings better yeah. and uplift the human race and doesn't make us redundant. Yeah. You know, it, it, I feel like people are getting hoodwinked and getting uh, fucking brainwashed right. to celebrate this technology, totally not understanding that it's it's their lives yeah. that are being stolen from them. Totally. And I don't understand, like, why people aren't standing up going, yeah, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Right. And I, I am vehemently against any technology that makes me irrelevant. Right. Technology makes human beings irrelevant. Then we have to be against that technology. Uh, we're screwed, right? We're screwed. We're kind of screwed. That's, that's where we're going. We're going down that hole. You know, and it's, I, it's, I think it's almost too late. I think it is too late. You know, that's the that's what's interesting about it. Yeah, because artificial intelligence. You know, and I don't. You know, I don't know enough about artificial intelligence to yeah. say if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I do feel like it's sort of because what happens is we unleash these technologies, mm -hmm. and we don't really don't test them. We don't know about them. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to manage them or regulate them or control them. Which is why Facebook fucked our democracy in yeah. so many ways. And I don't actually think Facebook fucked our democracy. I think yeah. cell phones fucked our democracy. And I could, you know, go into why. But I mean, the you know, a healthy democracy requires that you and I talk to each other right and that citizens talk to each other and debate and d disagree yeah. and get to know each other because then we have empathy and we have compassion and right. we can understand and we can grow we can be stronger we can help each other be better as soon as we stop talking to each other then then that is a cancer yeah to the to democracy and people want to point at facebook and facebook doesn't help right? yeah. but cell phones were the original problem because as soon as i could be in my silo in my vacuum mm -hmm. out in the world on the bus on the street corner not having to talk to my fellow citizen that's when it started breaking down i think well just the fact that the other day i went into the uh, what is it t-mobile or whatever or or the apple store i can't remember but anyways i was looking at the new iphones and the new iphones coming out they're fifteen hundred dollars a fucking phone is fifteen hundred dollars it's a computer you know, I, I could buy a kick-ass laptop for like half of that probably. Yeah. But it's but but why is it fifteen hundred dollars? Because people have bought into that shit. Yeah. There's no way you could. You know, fifteen years ago, if you told someone, "Oh, you, here's a phone, but it's fifteen hundred dollars," they would have told you to fuck off. Right. But now they bought into it, and it's to the point where, like I said, it's too late. Yeah. Because people have bought in already. They're mm -hmm. in. And so, six hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. What the fuck is fifteen hundred dollars? Right. You know? What does the fifteen hundred dollar phone do that your three hundred dollar phone can't do? Nothing except it's newer and maybe has two lenses instead of one. <laughs> Take a better picture of your fucking selfie. The porn looks a lot better on the fifteen hundred dollar yeah. model, let's be honest. <laughs> oh man. So it's it's sad, you know? It's it's definitely sad where we're at with, with all that technology because Well look, okay, so let's put let's put this in context, right? Uh -huh. Because I'm sure that on some level, people were lamenting the advent of the car because they were going to lose the horse. People lamented the television. In fact, there's like a famous quote from somebody right. when they when the TV came out and they said, well, 
this is now what he says something about the greatest waste of time yeah. you know ever in right. the history of you know so it's just interesting to think about you know technologies that helped yeah. to elevate the human race and technology that helped to to dumb it down right? right right and i think some technologies are very good i mean like you think about electricity what electricity brought to humanity right you know but did is Facebook a net positive or a net negative or net neutral? Well, uh, Facebook is funny because, um, and you know, people are talking about this because the way they set it up, right? It's like Facebook is going to be how you and all your friends could, could, you know, stay in communication. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna make you guys more social, right? Right. Obviously, that was the pitch, and people bought into it, and. Because it did do that for some people, then they bought in 100%, you know? I mean, realistically, it's just a business model, and it's a way for this company to make money yeah. off advertising off, you know, off of you. Yeah, they just figured out how to do it. But I have a, I have a, I agree with all that, but like I have, a, I have another theory. Because, you know, a company like Facebook, for example, and even Google for that matter, but some of these, and Apple's a good, good example as well. A lot of these companies are made in the in the image of the founder, right? And right. what I mean by that is yeah. Steve Jobs was Apple and Apple was Steve Jobs, yeah. right? Right. And when he died, I thought, oh, there goes Apple. And yeah. we're seeing that, I think, yeah. right? Right. And while Steve was, you know, notoriously an asshole for a lot of, you know, reasons, I think ultimately was advocating for his user's best interest on a certain level. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. That's my speculation but again steve clearly had a lot of personal issues a lot of things that he was grappling with right and goes back to some of our previous conversation a company like facebook mark zuckerberg right yeah. he drives that ship over there right? right he's you know and let's face it right a guy like mark zuckerberg is brilliant on many metrics right mm. but when it comes to life on the street common sense a basic humanity, understanding how real people live their lives, what is truly wanted and needed on the street. Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have a fucking clue. No. He's, I'm just, I'm just going to use really like pejorative terms. He's a fucking nerd. Yeah. Who probably didn't get laid till he got married or until he could buy some pussy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's a brainiac. But when you're a brainiac like that, you're also a fucking idiot. To yeah. a lot of things. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I I can say this also from personal experience. So my cousin, okay, first cousin, Brainiac, total fucking genius. Okay. Textbook. Like, you know, he worked uh, yeah. at the highest levels of just top secret levels at the Pentagon. He worked in the Star Wars program under the Reagan administration, blah, 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 blah. The guy had his high school prom date set in the back seat. He thought it would be cool to like show for her, you know, or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I love my cousin. Yeah. He's a fucking nerd. You know, he didn't really have a clue. Okay. So the problem is, is that these guys and many of them, and I know there are exceptions to the rule. I'm not, you yeah. know, painting. I'm trying not to paint with a broad brush, but certain leaders, certain entrepreneurs, certain powerful people are building these companies in their own image based on their own ego, based on their own issues. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. If there isn't someone to help mitigate that, balance that, you know, manage that, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that, you know, say nothing of the fact that 
even if you were the most well-balanced, well-adjusted person, yeah, if you became a billionaire tomorrow, it would still skew your thinking. I mean, there's a yeah. reason why we've talked about this before, but there's a you know the reason why that old saying about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep. Like these guys are gonna be skewed, and they're they're gonna start thinking they're gonna have a god complex. I'm a billionaire, so I must know what's right. I must know yeah. what's best. Right. You know, a guy like Jeff Bezos. I know he's a smart guy. He's probably a well-rounded guy. At the end of the day, I'm guessing he's got a bit of an ego. You know, how is that helping him? Is his is Amazon good for humanity? It's debatable. It's very debatable. I personally want technology that's good for humanity, you know, a net positive for humanity. So there's peace and there's justice and there's food and water for people. And, you know, people aren't right. squandering or uh, scraping for their basic needs. Sorry, but if you're living in a world where two thirds of the planet is just looking for food and water, mm -hmm. fuck your technology. Yeah. So, you know, and by the way, let's let's take this to the next thing. You, you, all this me too shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, you know, is to the extent that the karma cops are catching up with these assholes. Great. To the extent that any woman or any man, for that matter, has been sexually raped, harmed, then justice should be served. OK. But you think about it, I try to I try to think about things, you know, objectively. Right. You think about Harvey Weinstein. Right. Right. That guy was hideous looking. OK. Yeah. Hideous look. Now, I'm not. OK, let me back up for a second. OK, we live in a superficial world. Right. In many ways. Right. Looks matter. Packaging matters. OK. Right. And whether or not a person is attractive or not. I mean, that's packaging. Right. Some mm -hmm. people are packaged to be very desirable. Some people, unfortunately, are not. Right. Harvey Weinstein is an ugly motherfucker. OK. Mm -hmm. Objectively speaking. OK, I'm not I'm just saying, like, I think any objective, rational analysis of Harvey Weinstein would have to come to the logical conclusion. The guy's fucking ugly. Well, no one wakes up saying, you know what? I want to look like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> That's right. Doc. Yeah. Could you do a nip tuck so that I a uh, little plastic surgery? So I look just like Harvey Weinstein. My point is this. OK, you have a guy who is unattractive, looks like he looks right, can't get laid, can't you know, whatever, but somehow he gets success. He gets money. He gets power. Mm -hmm. Right. What do you think he's going to do with that power? What do you think he's going to do with that money? Right. He is going to think that he can do whatever he wants to do. And it's no wonder he became a sexual predator. Right. You know, and, and so we start thinking about like, I don't know that we're thinking about really like some of the core drivers, like how Harvey Weinstein becomes Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, but see, I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I think, I don't think he became a sexual predator. You think he was a sexual predator from day one? Fuck yeah, yeah. Just he didn't have access, you know. If that were true, then you could say the same thing about gay people. Oh, you know, he became gay because of this. You know, it's like you know, you're born that way or developed that way or so somebody who's doing shit like that, like you know some fucking being a sexual predator isn't something that you just fucking wake up one day and be like you know what i'm gonna do that you know well so, i don't know but i think it's an evolution yeah it is an evolution but and i and, I, and go ahead Sorry. but but i don't think him having the power and the money made him that i think it, maybe he was doing it, it exasperated with, no you're 100 yeah, right yeah. because that's the point i'm making right okay. the point i'm making is yeah. that unfortunately for harvey he was born with that face gotcha yeah right <laughs> 
and I'm sure he tried to smack to the ladies and whatever. And they're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Right. So he's bitter. He's mad. But then he gets some money. He gets some power. Right. And he then starts seeing how he can leverage this money and power to take advantage of these young starlets or whoever wants something from him. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he became a sexual predator and the money and, and the power was throwing gas on a fire. Right. Yeah. It didn't it didn't make to your point. It didn't make him a predator. He was yeah. already angry. He already, it was already brewing. You know, my point, my bigger point is this. I want to make sure I, I make this point because it's not about the looks. What it is about is, unfortunately, we live in a culture that in this country where we are dysfunctional around sex in this country. We are dysfunctional around you know, this country was founded by Puritans, right? Who right. were, you know, religious fanatics who were too extreme for their home country. So they came here and committed genocide and murder and, and rape, pillage and plunder to take this country from the indigenous people that were here, rightful owners. The point is, is that sex, in my view, is a natural human f fact of life meant to procreate and then also give pleasure, so on and so forth. And yet we live in a culture where that's very sexually repressed. So it's a bomb waiting to go off because you have a culture that doesn't really want to talk about sex in a real way, mm -hmm. um, educating kids and helping kids manage sex, both as a, as a boy who is probably going to be aggressive trying to spread his seed and girls that are going to be reluctant to take just anyone as their lover. You have, so you have a, a very potent primal urge that's all that's natural that we're not educating kids around to handle and communicate with in a real way. Yeah. And then you layer in the superficiality that comes with the packaging of how a person looks and is that person attractive or not. And we live in a world where if you don't look like somebody on a magazine cover, whatever you might think you're ugly, even if you're not, but a guy like Harvey, yeah, definitely not an attractive human being. Right. So, so then, you know, so who knows what kind of world he grew up in, you know, did his parents teach him about sex? Does his parents teach him about how to deal with human beings and inter interact with people and be human and be empathetic and be compassionate? Maybe not, probably not. Then you layer in the fact that the poor guy, you know, has an ugly mug and, you know, no girls are going to talk to him. Then you give him a bunch of money. Right. And power. What, what, you know, that, that can't end well. Right. And it didn't, at least in his case. You know, I mean, say nothing of like, I don't mean to, to jump all over, but I mean, well, what the fuck happened with fucking uh, Dr. Huxtable? Yeah, Bill Cosby, I was going to bring that up too. But but here's another thing, going back to your Harvey Weinstein thing, maybe that was his drive. Maybe he wouldn't have been so successful if he looked good and, <laughs> and had a good upbringing. Maybe that was part of his drive is that he was like, I'm going to show these fuckers I'm, I'm be, sure you're right. You know? I'm sure you're right. So it's just like, oh man, I don't know. It's 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 so complicated. It is complicated. It's absolutely uh, complicated. Bill, Bill Cosby, funny guy, always looked. I mean, anytime you saw an interview with him or or whatever, like especially back in the day, mm -hmm. like he looked like a stand-up guy, mm -hmm. whatever. And then only to find out all this, all this other shit about him. It's like, well, what do we really know? And do we really know people? You know, right. just by how they act in public, you know? Right. Well, we don't, we don't. And, you know, and I guess part of the reason that got, you know, I, it's got me thinking about all this too, is that being the father of two young children, yeah. right? Now I adopted both my kids, as you know. Yeah. And we adopted based on criteria that had everything to do with health, mm -hmm. 
Like we wanted healthy babies. Like, so, you know, we were trying to find birth moms that were healthy, not on drugs, so on and so forth. And, you know, we were able to adopt our daughter and adopt our son. Turns out my son and daughter are very cute. They're damn cute. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that out of like objectively, they are good looking kids. Absolutely. Right. Yep. And I'm just thinking about like the, the luck of the draw, like the randomness that those two kids got lucky enough to be born with cute faces. Mm -hmm. Okay. They could have looked like you. They could have looked like me and that would have been fucking, they, <laughs> that's a disaster. I have the face for radio. My point is, is that now their, their lot in life yeah. is going to be that much easier because when they walk in the room, it's disarming because they're pleasant to look at versus mm-hmm. if they had been born not attractive, they walk in a room and already the cards are stacked against them. I'm just saying it's a basic fact of life. It's reality of human relations sadly right you know but you know i think this happens in all the animals right like i mean Mm -hmm. how does one tiger decide to mate with another tiger you know like sometimes just a battle of battle of wills like that tiger head or the gorillas or apes or whatever they have to fight the other men you know the the strongest and the the toughest is the one that the woman's going to mate with yeah it's very very alpha yeah well it's very instinctual because they want the species to continue you know so I think this we come by this stuff naturally. It is a very biological thing. It's very primal and evolutionary. But but then we make it worse because we don't want to talk about sex to our kids. and We don't want to educate them. We don't want we live in this crazy world where if you don't look a certain, you know, so I don't know. It's just. Yeah, we shouldn't have brains. That's what it should be. That's our problem. <laughs> we have brains. Have brains. <laughs> That's what fucked us up. Oh, my God. <laughs> brains. I tell you what. Well. I, my wife tells me I don't have a brain, you yeah. know, half the time, you know, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm, maybe that's why I'm good. I don't have a brain. See, that's a solution. <laughs> don't have a brain. Well, look, you know, we're, uh, we're about out of time here. I want to, um, shout out to our listeners and, uh, remind them that we love their love. We love their social media love. Please, uh, follow us on Instagram subscribe to the podcast even if you don't listen to it we like those numbers we want what you to... is our instagram it's, at yeah. not real art official official at not real art official yep. it's our instagram uh, our website is not real you can get to the podcast that way and subscribe you can also find it wherever you get your podcasts please remember to like and comment and share talk and shit talk shit <laughs> But speaking speaking of talking shit, I guess we've talked a lot of shit. So uh, let's uh, sign off and let our listeners go uh, do something way. Uh, way more beneficial. <laughs> let them go use their brains now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Although you just said their the pro their problem is that they have a brain. Oh yeah, it so. is. We'll talk about that more. All right, man. One good All seeing right. you, my friend. Go for it. Cheers. Peace. Peace. 